Exactly. Hey, this is Sam and Danushi, and you're listening to Bell Hooks and Jars on Radio Fodder. On this show, we use our giant brains and our pop culture knowledge to connect our passion for gender theory and pop culture stuff that's been going on. Um, So we wanted to introduce you and each other to ideas in gender studies and also to talk about like what's been going on in the media. A little bit of gossip. Exactly. Exactly. So my name is Danushi and I am famously a gender season joyer and I am currently researching like the psychological, social and linguistic constructions of endometriosis, which is actually a really painful disease where cells from like the lining of the uterus grow elsewhere in the body and it's a very under-researched area. And so, yeah. I'm an academic, if you will. And now I'm going to hand over to our lovely, lovely co-host, Sam. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Sam. I'm also famously a gender studies enjoyer. And I'm also famously an endometriosis endurer. So I have a very keen interest in Danushi's research. I'm studying musicology. Uh, pop musicology my honest thesis is going to be about Taylor Swift so yeah also I had a dream last night that I met Taylor Swift (sighs) wow so yeah also you were there Danushi um we like went on a holiday to the beach and then no stop and she was there she was there she was there Joe Olwen Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff were all there wow and I struck up a conversation with Joe and then Joe was like you you should meet Taylor and I gave her a wow. copy of my zine and then and, and she started Joe crying also, did Joe also say we invite you to be part of a throuple no but I'm not it was implied in I'm not interested oh, okay. in a throuple oh okay yeah a couple or yeah. just a friendship I'm, oh I'm madame steal your girl in this situation yeah 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 so yeah that's up we're gonna go to a song now this is our first song on the show this is circle the drain by soccer mommy that was circle the drain by soccer mommy mommy sorry mommy sorry mommy, sorry yeah exactly mommy, sorry. that's exactly right so sammy do you want to tell me about what's been going on what has been life? going on so it's week two of the semester getting mm-hmm. back into things getting back into life famously i had an oh, yeah. awful year last year which oh. resulted in me not finishing any of the subjects i started last year so yeah. i've really just been like trying to keep on top of everything um and you've well, been doing so so well oh thank Super you bestie well. i've been trying you're welcome but you have been this is me trying this is me trying that's what I've been up to I've been like so I'm doing I'm only doing three subjects that's been good Mm -hmm. and I'm doing subjects that really pop off they slap I'm really enjoying them and I'm doing gothic fictions romancing the medieval and sex death and the ecstatic in music which started week one strong with readings on um Suzu and uh Kristeva talking about Lacanian and French psychoanalytic feminist theory so that really went hard and I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed that just quickly if there's listeners that just heard words just then all I can say is to me too I I'll link it in the show notes yeah yeah (laughs) Sammy will do some great show notes but yeah yeah, Sammy's a is last year was an academic non-practicing and now they're really getting back into you know getting into the studies 
Yeah. Um, what about you, Tanushi? What have you been up to? So I, as I previously said, I'm working on my thesis on um, how people with endometriosis talk about their symptoms and their experiences. And so our interview project has just been sent to ethics. And so we're waiting to get back. Hopefully they're like, you're all ethical. You're good to go. It gives us the green light. Uh, and so in the next few months, we're just going to be interviewing people, having little chin wags with endometrius endurers. And then after I'll just like transcribe and analyze those interviews and hopefully get published. Um, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. What's something you've enjoyed this? Week? Well, I've been watching a lot of Kardashians and I'm really mm. enjoying that. I'm really enjoying pretending that like I'm watching it because I'm like, you know, doing my media studies, thinking about Mm-mm-mm. things, but I'm just enjoying it. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Keeping up. Where are you up to right now? Okay, I'm up to Caitlyn's just come out. They've just had the episode about Caitlyn. Um, yeah, is this around the Vanity Fair cover or before or after? Before the Vanity Fair cover. Okay. So, yeah, that was a very interesting episode with how everybody dealt mm-hmm. with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I've been enjoying, really. What about you? What have you been loving? Live, laugh, loving. Okay, I didn't want to get here, but I am also famously getting through a breakup. And last week... <laughs> Going straight in. Episode one, straight let's talk in. about it. <laughs> um, we only have an hour, so we can't get into my... We can't go in deep. Yeah, we can't get into the shambles of my love life, but... Because of that, I've been really enjoying friends, just seeing all my pals, um, opening up my heart again to be happy with all my besties, such as you. And I had a great week learning how to be happy with myself again. I love that. I love that for us. That's so important. Speaking of love, I think Hmm. we can introduce our next song, which I would say. What is is, it, Danushi? Tell us. I would say it is probably one of the greatest love ballads of all time. I think it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah. Danushi, what are we playing? We're playing Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton. Woo! That was Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton. Welcome back. You're listening to Bell Hooks and Jars with Sam and Danushi on Radio Fodder. Stars Are Blind. What a great song. And it really brings us into our next segment, which is our bite-sized theory section. Every week, one of us, this week it's me, Sam, are going to talk about some gender theory that we've been reading about and thinking about. And then we're going to throw it to the pop culture that we're also been thinking about that connects. So this week, Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton. If Paris Hilton is known for anything other than her girl bossery, businesswomanery and Mm. DJing, she's quite Mm. famous for her voice and her accent. Yeah. 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 I've been thinking recently, we've been thinking, her accent and accents like hers are really like... To me, it's very geographically contextualize like I just think of LA and like I just think of short skirts I think of pink yeah clueless clueless I think of blonde hair which is all very interesting I don't think it's by chance that those are the visuals that come to my mind when I think of "Mm, yeah yeah Paris Hilton's accent and so that's hot that's hot but you know Mm. what isn't hot what we're going to be talking about today, which is 
linguistic prejudice and linguistic misogyny. Mm, um, that's not hot. That's not hot. Paris's accent, technically, in the linguistics, is called Valspeak. It's also like mm. commonly known as the Valley Girl accent and any number of derogatory, pejorative descriptions mm. of it. You know, people say it's annoying, it makes you sound mm. unprofessional, etc., etc. So what is linguistic prejudice? It's not like... What is it? Tell me. What is it? Yeah, it's not like generally mean things, but it's... it. This is, and this is a quote from Pierre Habasque, um, it refers to adverse language used about particular social groups as well as to adverse opinions about the accent or dialect of particular, particular social groups. That's, so that mm. could also not just apply to this, also apply to AAVE, Australian like Indigenous vernacular English. I don't know the technical term for that, but that is a dialect of yeah. Australian English. Um, and any other manner of dialects and sociolects, which are dialects for a social group. Can I just add in a little bit of a disclaimer of here? So, like, I think it's important that, um, as you were alluding to just then, we understand and are completely aware of the fact that, you know, these prejudices are layered and... Um, yeah, so it's like race and gender and all of those layers of intersectionality. But I think today we're particularly looking at it in terms of the Valley Girl and that it obviously has a very has very Caucasian overtones. This uh, is... that's, that's just what we're looking at. It's not yeah. to say that other things don't exist. We're just choosing to focus on that. And yeah. so please continue, Sammy. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Like today's conversation is going to be a very like um a very white Caucasian look at oppression. Um, but at the same time, I think that that's really good for a small sample size in this this situation because Valspeak is was originally spoken by predominantly white middle to upper class women in California. There's less intersection, so there's less to talk about in a way. Exactly. And then linguistic misogyny, what's that? That is, again, Pierre Habasque's quote here, stigmatising individuals' linguistic practices because they are possibly wrongly perceived as feminine. Mm -hmm. So... Do you want to give a little bit of... Um background into who Habask is is that something you're aware of because I have no idea who that is he's a yeah. French linguist who mm-hmm. has published he's done a lot of looking at Val speak and he's right. published in uh I read several of his articles in Anglophonia which is it's a French academic journal looking at English language linguistics mm-hmm. yeah so here's a lot of where I got my my academic sources today and I will again link them in the show notes mm. so content warning for the for French academia content yeah warning. content warning for the French <laughs> <laughs> Val speak what is it um I think we sort of think about it as you know the sort of oh my god kind of oh god that like kind of, totally like totally well that is but that is like quite right so there's like three markers that they talk about mm-hmm. there's tell me the, about them what are the three markers what's the three, one the three markers number one 
the California Vowel Shift or CVS, Ooh. which was not to be confused with the pharmacy CVS. Exactly, <laughs> CVS, not the pharmacy, the California Vowel Shift. If you're looking at a uh, IPA vowel map, which Danushi, I don't know if you're familiar with. I have absolutely no idea what that means. Okay, so but the I, I'm this guessing. Is, no, this tell is me. great. The IPA yeah. is the International Phonetic Alphabet, and it is a alphabet group of symbols that basically like marks out every sound that a human voice can make. Um, mm. And you can map vowels on it by how low, high and forward and back they are, which kind of looks like a, it's like a square with a right angle triangle on the front. So back low vowels would be like, ah, oh. And, and what makes that back and low? So the tongue is sitting, the bulk of the tongue is sitting back in the mouth mm. and it's lower down. Okay. And whereas something like E, the bulk of the tongue is very far forward and up. E. Uh, okay. So if yeah. you, would it be right to say that that map, is almost like it's about the position of your tongue. It is, yes. Oh, did you say that already? Anyway. I don't think so. But, but yeah. But, yeah. So the California vowel shift, it made some vowels were turned into diphthongs, which is where you've got two vowel sounds that slide into one another to represent, like, one phoneme, which is... What is an example of that? Well, in the California vowel shift... Mm -hmm. We got the O vowel in words like totally and toenail. Right. So it's like the O and the U. Is that correct? It's not quite a U, but there is, uh, I will link in the show notes, the article talking about the California vowel shift, um, where you can see the, the IPA transcription of it. Um, and then also the E vowel lowered and went back so it went from e to e so if right. we're putting those two together totally betching so yeah. that's interesting how like just sounds culturally shifted it's exactly interesting and yeah. so yeah there's a california vowel shift long long ago there was the great vowel shift as middle english was turning into modern english so that's mm. how a lot of how our, our dialects ended up sounding the way they are. Um, so those are kind of the markers of California vowel shift. But the other markers of vowel speak are creaky voice, also known as vocal fry. So that's the... Uh, and jams and things exactly. like that. No spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. Denise. And Sorry. HRT, not hormone replacement therapy. It's high rising therapy. terminal. <laughs> CVS and HRT. Like I was so confused yeah. at first reading these, and then I had to like, be like what <laughs> high rising terminal? Okay, so that's when mm. the end of the sentence goes up. It kind of sounds like da 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 da. So it's also called right, up which... and there's there's a YouTube video called does up talk make you up chuck okay yeah <laughs> which i found very interesting oh okay so up talk would you say that's usually like when you're 
signaling the end of a question, but then you start using it for when you're Anytime. just sentence. Okay. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a example of that. Well, going back to the Julia Fox example. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She's at the beginning, she says, I mean, maybe. Right. That's that's kind of, but that's also kind of a question, but it is high rising terminal. The mm-hmm. end of it's yeah. rising up at the end of the word or the end yeah. of the sentence. Those are the markers of vowel speak. Let's give a quick recap. So it was the vowel shift. California vowel shift, which, you know, we can hear that in totally bitchin' and to the max, not to the mm. max, to the max. Marks. Yeah. Yeah. Not car marks. That we had the, the marks. <laughs> um, and the vocal fry or creaky voice, as linguists call it. Like and that. High, like that. And high rising terminal or up talk. Shall we yeah. throw to a song? Let's throw to a song. What song are we throwing to? A, a song that's very um, important to this conversation, which is yeah. Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again. Mm. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, this is Sam and Danush, and you're listening to Bell Hooks and Jazz on Radio Fodder. That was Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. Free Britney and then free everyone else that's under really bad conservatorships. I think generally conservatorships, you know, they found free everyone. Free everyone. Uh, So before we were talking about Val Speak, mm -hmm. I've given you the details of what it is. And now we're going to talk about like what people think about it. So this linguist at Stanford, Penny Eckert, she was just getting like so she hated vowel speak. She hated vocal fry especially so much. And it was, you know, she was saying it was grating to her ears when she heard presenters on TV using it. So she did an informal study with her students. And what she learned from this study was that Nobody cared. Nobody Mm. cared as much as she did about vocal fry. Mm. And she is an older linguist, you know, who's been, Mm -hmm. who's in the academy. And she realised as a linguist, um, why did she care so much? So she replicated that poll by doing a study of 500 adults. And from that study, she found that only 40 people cared. And generally, they were older men. Interesting. So from looking at those stats, it made her have like a, you know, an inner reckoning about it and be like, why do I care so much? And then as well as that, another um, linguist, Jane Gaia Fujita, who's an associate professor at NYU's Tisch School of Arts, Mm. she was saying um, she said that she has a hesitancy to criticize these trends because they're prevalent among young women. And as I think she was a vocal coach and uh, like she knows a lot about linguistics, she felt that if we're like getting so aggressive and about these characteristics that are among young women, what is it if not for such? Yeah. Which is, I think the main reason why we are kind of doing this episode is to like question yeah why we have 
this belief system. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And question why people get so mad about it. Like, mm. my personal belief is I don't care how people talk, but I'm sure I have internal biases when mm. I hear people's accents. But yeah. I'm not going to go into the Facebook comments and be like, you make me want to vomit, you know? Yeah. Another person talking about this was Lisa Davidson, who is a linguist from NYU. I'll link this article also in the show notes. She says, one explanation is that linguistic prejudice is one of the last, quote unquote, acceptable prejudices out there. If, you, mm. if you're, say, an upper middle class educated person in the northeast of the US, you try not to say anything overtly racist or sexist, but you can say whatever you want about people's accents and that's totally fine. Mm. I think that's a really interesting takeaway point here. And then Davidson also says, why is it annoying? Because we like to find something that's annoying about women. Mm, interesting. And like, I think because it's about a voice or an accent which although they are attributed to identities it exists separately and outside of like people and groups mm. as in it can be shared and it's um and because of that I think we can critique it under the guise of like respectability politics yes and yeah. it's very tied to this idea of professionalism and Absolutely. it's interesting that the idea that you we've become I guess more PC about certain things but mm. the idea of like accents and how people mm. dress and mm. all of that that's attributed to respectability we feel free to police mm. I yeah. think part of that is like there's this idea sometimes that the way people dress and the way people talk exists in a vacuum. And Elaborate on that. You know, if somebody loves to pick about, apart the way people talk, they could defend that with, well, I'm not criticising them. I'm criticising the way they talk. Talk, yeah. But when it gets down to it, sociolects and dialects come from people that have influence of race, class, gender, Mm. even sexuality because that's the yeah. other thing in this situation a lot of this conversation focuses on women but these linguistic markers are also used by gay men especially mm. leading on from that not only do people really attack women but men speak with these characteristics too so Chomsky mm. Noam Chomsky King he uses a lot of vocal fry in his speech and so does Ira Glass, who's the presenter of This American Life on NPR. And right. he actually did an episode talking about, uh, or a segment talking about vocal fry, because another person on, on NPR was getting a lot of hate comments, one would say, mm. because she speaks with a lot of vocal fry. And then bringing it back to, he was saying, I speak with vocal fry and nobody cares. Yeah. Not only does nobody care, but Habask talks about in his paper on an episode of Family Guy that when it comes to the California vowel shift, it's not just that people don't care when men use it, but it actually makes men sound more confident. People perceive men to sound more confident when they use those markers. 
Yeah. Which is so interesting. Mm. Having listened to all that, and as the accent is so connected to, one might say, the idea of the bimbo, mm. let's throw to another song. Uh, this is Coconuts by Kim Petras. That was Coconuts by Kim Petras. Welcome back to Bell Hooks and Jars on Radio Fodder. You're with Sam and Danushi. Hey, bestie. So we're back. I am. Now that, back. now that we've given some theory, I'm yeah. going to... We, we now it's time for the, the gossip part. Of it's time for the gossip. gossip. It's time to talk about women's rights and women's wrongs. Wrongs, exactly. Which, if you support women's rights but not women's wrongs, like, I don't think you're a real feminist. You're, it sounds a lot like misogyny. Sounds like misogyny to me. <laughs> These are jokes, just clarifying. Yeah. Um, with all that, it comes to the conversation that everybody's been having recently. Everybody, yeah. people online have been having recently, not everybody. Mm. So Julia Fox. Can you tell me a bit about Julia Fox, Tanushi? Yeah, so Julia Fox was armies this week because yeah. they've just been they've just been social climbing. And that's so good. That's so good for her. Like, yeah. see, she, I think, was, she's really, has been an artist for a while, I think, an artist and a thinker. So she's had um, some photography books. She's had some art that she made with bl- her own blood, I think. On, on silk. She painted with her own blood on silk. Yeah. So a lot of her art is about, I think, being a survivor. And also and- just just being you know very much about her body and her power yeah Yeah. which I think is very much related to her idea of being a muse I think this idea of being a mannequin a body Mm. Um, and it's really interesting that she has like the tattoo on her back that Mm. looks like a cello which Mm. um which I think is a play on the shape of her body yeah which is very interesting like yeah uh you know just that she is using her body to communicate but she's mm. also and here's a great segue she's using her body to communicate but also her vowels speak yeah she is she really is so the interview on call her daddy the podcast where she's asked what a muse is and she says that she thinks she was just give us a rendition give us a rendition yeah a little, maybe. Uh, I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse and he wrote Uncut Jams. I mean, things like that. Like we'll, that. we'll insert oh, so the audio here. Would you consider yourself Ye's muse? Yeah, a little, maybe. What is a muse? I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jams. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like things like right. that. Like I, I think people make it seem a little more dramatic. I probably didn't do it completely correctly. Okay. So, okay. Is she speaking foul speak? What do you think, Danushi? Uh, well, I think there's definitely a lot of vocal fry in there. And there's, again, a lot of the uptalk and that in specific intonation. And it is interesting that that specific clip was picked up because I was actually listening to that whole clip about her and Kanye which is like a six minute long clip. And she, I don't know, she is insightful and she 
talks about how they met and what their relationship is like and she's quite honest and like she was very I was very interested in what she was saying and upon like revisiting the clip I'm like it's not even I don't even know how people picked up on it being honest yeah because I really don't think it's like (laughs) maybe it's just I've watched too much Kardashians that like this is just how people speak to me or just enough exactly like I it is extremely interesting why this specific bit was picked up by the algorithm when I don't know like I thought she was captivating like I yeah again it was the call her daddy podcast so it was just like they were just talking about their um she was just talking about her relationship with Kanye and I found that to be I don't know like a little into their world I was more captivated by what she was saying than how she was saying yeah exactly yeah you're you're very right she is speaking with Val speak markers so the high-rising terminal California Val shift especially in jams and cut jams and jam yeah jams and also the vocal fry on jams but the interesting thing that I've seen people talking about online is that oh she's from New York why does she speak like this? Oh, true. Yeah, which I think is very interesting because these days I don't think, this is just my opinions, my vibes, I don't think that something like this kind of an accent has as much to do with geography as it used to because Mm -hmm. we can hop on Netflix and watch Kardashians and we're constantly flooded with accents like these online and in the media. Mm. We both have Valspeak characteristics yeah. in our voices, yeah. even though personally I've never been to California, don't no. want to go. Um, no. <laughs> I don't think that would be good for us, just for, no. for a multitude of yeah. reasons. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, again, this idea of professionalism. I've screenshotted some comments of what people had Mm. to say about her accent. And I think, you know, given all that we've just talked about with her work and her art, people said, so here's one commenter, these women make me feel like a rocket scientist for real. And that's (laughs) good. When I screenshotted this, this had 2.6 thousand likes. Wow. And then from somebody else, it's like watching two eighth graders trapped in early 30-year-old bodies having a conversation. Right. Her voice makes Kim's sound like a beautiful music. I don't think her voice is that different to Kim's, to be honest. No. And then here's another one. I lost real-life brain cells hearing them have a conversation. I think I can learn more from an actual child than this video. Mm. Wow. Wow. Really... um, not even trying to pretend that we're not being sexist in this situation. Like even the idea of two eighth graders trapped in 30 year old bodies, like this accent has been connected to young women. Mm. And what does the media love to do? The media loves to hate things young women love. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I honestly don't think she's as stupid as everybody acts like she is. And now that she and Ye have broken up, um, she had some excellent things to say. My favourite was that she said about their public relationship, we're in a pandemic, give people something to talk about. 
do your fucking service, mm. do your job. I think that is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> and that's exactly what she's done. And hearing that makes me think in a similar way to Paris Hilton. Mm. It's there's a non-zero chance that she's putting this on. Mm. Mm. Which, like, it doesn't matter if she's putting it on or not, but it's more to the fact that, again, because of the ways in which that accent is perceived, it gives her a certain, a certain amount of not exactly social capital, but I think she is very intel- intelligently weaponizing the box that she's putting put in. Mm. Like, if people again think that she's a dumb woman like she's like well I am gonna be a dumb woman not that she is and also I think that like at the end of the day here who's won because everybody knows who Julia Fox is now her relationship with Ye might be over but everybody knows her name and everybody knows what her voice is yeah so as a celebrity whose voice is so important to that part of her celebrity like she has won here yeah yeah so that's like what I was what I've been thinking about a lot this week is yeah this is about Julia Fox like she's a celebrity a white woman blah 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 but I think it's this idea of un- undermining someone's voice mm. that's extremely important I think that's like the crux of what we're talking about today because what exactly. happens when we stigmatize the voice because mm. like I think the two things that we as um, people have is our body mm. and our voice mm. and so like if we stigmatize those things you render people almost voiceless yeah and I've been actually thinking a lot about how we can kind of look at this in a psychoanalytical way So some people read hysteria as like the silent woman who must then talk about their emotions. Mm. And if we take the Val speak woman or person, Mm. if we take Val Val speak as like the loud woman, then society likes to read that as the dumb woman. So the silent woman is hysterical and the loud woman is dumb. Yeah. So where does that leave us? Mm. Like that just creates such a tight boundary for what femininity is, what femininity can be and how femininity is read. Yeah. And I think also another element of this is that if we can discount what somebody is saying based on how they're saying it, then we don't have to listen to what they're saying at all. Exactly. So I think that's that's the big takeaway here is Mm. that what, are we left with if people don't take our voice seriously? Absolutely. Now, having discussed all that, we're going to throw to our last song of the show that really began the popular um, taking down of girls with this accent, and that is Frank and Moon Zappa's classic tune, Valley Girl. That was Valley Girl by Frank and Moon Zappa. You're listening to Bell Hooks and Jars with Sam and Danushi on Radio Fodder. So to round out what we've been chatting about today, what do we think about all of this? You can contact us at our, you can DM our Instagram at bell underscore hooks underscore and underscore jars. 
because we want to get this conversation going. Tadushi, what are we planning for next week? Um, so next week, I will be show running the episode. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to be discussing why, it, why are certain personality disorders um, more commonly diagnosed in women? Like I don't really like or AFAB people. AFAB people, exactly. As well. I feel like that's um, something we should also talk about. Like we're both non-binary. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should have probably put this at the top of the show. My pronouns. But also are, it's yeah, we should. My pronouns are they and she. Uh mine are currently at she they, but who knows? But who knows? Like, who knows? Yeah. Um yeah. Um and I think sometimes it's easy for us to use women as a shorthand for people affected by misogyny. Yeah. And but, we'll yeah. get we'll try to get better at that because yeah. we also accept the fact that we sometimes do a bit of misogyny, not necessarily intentional. Honestly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So hysteria. That's what we're going to be hysteria. talking about next, exactly. next week. Exactly. So join in for some a spicy, spicy conversation. So yeah, thank you everybody for listening. This has been Bell Hooks and Jars on Radio Fodder. I'm Sam, and I'm Danushi. See you next week. You can find our social media on Instagram at at Bell Bell underscore Hooks underscore and underscore Jars. You can find me at Buddhist underscore Butler, and you can find me on Dan dot Sushi, and on Twitter. We are, oh, well, Danushi is dan.sush1 and I am Buddhist underscore butler. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This is Bell Hooks and Jars on Radio Fodder with Sam and Danushi. Have a great week. Bye. Mwah.